In three, two, one. Hi there, and welcome to Life Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace. I am Daryl Scott. Over there sits Grace Roberts. Howdy, howdy. Uh, how's it going, Grace? Going well. How about you? I, I am fine. I am always worried. I think we'll have a very interesting conversation because we're going to talk about security tonight. And, and I think many people have a a different view of what exactly security is. And, and I think there are many different kinds of security. If you have a computer, you're always worried about your data and things like that. If you're worried about your personal security, it's that sort of thing, safety out in the yard or where you go to work or whatever. So we're going to talk to a gentleman um, who heads up his own security company. So our guest today is Christopher Stroud um, from Titan Elite Security. Chris, first of all, welcome to the show. And tell me just exactly what security is and what we need. Um, yeah, so hello everyone out there. Um, security, uh, I mean, it's actually several different things. Um, and, and I think uh, it, it's, it's kind of changing, which is very concerning. Uh, obviously, I think one of the big things we look at now is, um, is the internet security, right? You have a lot of hackers out there uh, can easily obtain your information and, and, and just do so many things with it. Um, uh, but we also, uh, where my company focuses on is physical security. Uh, you know, we're establishments where um, sometimes it's just a presence um, to kind of make sure that nothing happens. Uh, other times it may be access entry or, or things like that. Uh, but our goal is, is to make sure that everyone uh, feels safe, ultimately. So, Chris, if I may call you Chris, why did you decide to do, to start this uh Titan Elite Security? Um, so I worked for a company and we went through three different uh, third-party security companies in a span of 14 months. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and what I've seen in that time period um, was just, um, I, I hate to say unprofessional, uh, but that's the, the only uh, word that's coming to mind. Um, so I, I felt uh, as a paying customer, um, you know, uh, the client deserves better than that. So as you're sitting there over this, this 14 month period, what is, what is your role in seeing the security so that, which made you then create your own? Uh, so, um, I actually had nothing to do with security. Um, but, um, we had a lot of thefts. Um, so whenever there was a theft, uh, that, that, uh, hurt our production levels. Um, and ultimately with that company, we went internal um, and, and it's been a lot better since. Um, but like I said, I just felt um, that I, I can provide a better service than some of these uh, security companies were providing us. And Chris, so, so then who would be your target client, uh, target customer? Because you have various services I was on your website and you offer a lot of services. So with the uh, the security, the physical security, who would be the target client? Um, our, our target client is bigger businesses. Um, right now, uh, a lot of my business comes from bars um, and, and restaurants. Um, and it's typically in the evenings when, you know, people had a little bit to drink or, or things like that. 
Um, but ultimately, uh, I our target are other businesses that require security. How do they get to you? I mean, if I'm if I'm a owner of an establishment of any kind, and I'm thinking about security, how do I get to you? How do I find you? How do I employ you? Typically, if someone finds me, um, they they find the website. Um, I had companies just do a Google search. Um, I think we were third on that list, uh, depending on the area you're in. Um, but they, they get the information from the website. All the contact information is on there. Um, the email, email address is actually info at titanelitesecurity.com. Uh, and typically, someone will get back to you within uh, 24 hours. Okay, I was writing it down. Info at titanelitesecurity.com. So, you know, NBA All-Star Weekend is coming up very soon. So there's going to be a lot of celebs in Northeast Ohio from all over. So would you, your client be a celebrity? Or would it be the a person that's not maybe someone that's in media, for example, and they're not as well known as the celebrities? Would that be a client or someone that you would service? Yes, we provide uh, bodyguard services, what, what most people would call it. Um, and that could be a celebrity um, or, like you said, someone in the media or, or typically um, just in, anyone. You know, if someone's out there. Uh, and they feel the need for a bodyguard. We we do offer that service as well. And you right. offer um, uh, whether some because some have weapons, um, armed or unarmed, correct? Yes. So are your folks ninjas? Uh, well, actually, all of uh, my employees uh, do go through a, a twenty-four hour self-defense uh, class. Um, if my security guards are armed, uh, that firearm is the last result. Um, it, you know, um, so we want to be able to de-escalate a situation without using force. Um, and, and then if we do have to use force, that firearm is still the last result. If, if we are in a, let's bring in Grace's point. It's the All-Star Weekend. We're at some establishment. There are all kinds of people there, whether they be uh, entertainment all-stars, all-stars, just regular people, important people from Cleveland. Am I going to notice you guys in the in the place or are you quote unquote undercover? Whenever we approach a client, that's actually one of the questions. Um, we have our uh, typical polo uniform, um, which would have the Titan Elite Security logo on the front. Uh, it would have security on the back. And, and like I said, that's normally that presence. Um, but maybe if you're a, uh, like you said, an all-star or, or celebrity, um, you may have a guard that is, you know, um, kind of unnoticeable. How, how, don't get me wrong. I've done this a long time. I've been in a lot of events. And, and it, maybe it's just me. And maybe because I know a bunch of people or have seen a bunch of people who are security people, for me, it's hard for it's hard not to recognize you guys. How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, I, I, I did some things at the front row. I knew every security guard there. And I could just tell by dress, stature, the look, the constant if you played football, if you're an athlete or if you're a point guard, your head's on a swivel. It, they, they are always checking their surroundings. 
are, are you trained for that? Are, how is it? How, it's hard to hide. How do you do that? Um, well, like you said, you definitely want to be alert and, and, and aware of the surroundings. Um, the one of the things to me that makes a, a good uh, security guard or officer is uh, realizing a situation uh, before it becomes a, an actual situation. Um, so I guess if you were looking uh, for, you know, to see uh, if one of my guards were there, you would probably notice. Um, but typically they want to kind of blend in with the crowd. Um, like I said, if that's what the client is requesting. So, Chris, with the, um, the bodyguard, the security, the personal security, um, and I would imagine you do more uh, than just uh, this region, just Northeast Ohio. Now, do you or have you had conversations with police departments and things like that across the country and then develop your, uh, your, your mission statement or develop your team and um, your services that you're offering? Is that something that you've done or planning to do? So typically um, with, with the private security or personal security, um, you, you don't really need to have uh, kind of communications with the, the police departments, um, but we do also offer private investigations. Um, now with that, um, if we have an investigator in an area uh, we absolutely want to let the police know. Um, in those situations, you might have someone sending out someone's side of someone's house and they may be getting calls that, hey, there's a suspicious activity going on. Um, so we would definitely let the police know we'll be operating in area. You know, of late over the last couple of years, let's say, the police have not, their reputation is sullied, so to speak. How do you bypass that? Because I'm sure some people are going to, for lack of a better term, and I'll get into a little bit of this later, take their security in their own hands. What, how do you convince them to choose you and your company? So with private security, we are an alternative to the police. Um, in reality, um, you employing uh, my services or any other security service, I guess you can say is um, you taking security into your own hands. Uh, I understand what you're saying where, you know, hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to be that individual. Um, but with that, uh, my guards are properly trained. Uh, we are insured. If anything were to happen, um, that falls back on us. We, we handle all of the court proceedings um, and, and those things. I'm sorry, I was I was writing the idea you said you license bonded and insured. I did see that on your website, TitanEliteSecurity.com. Now, like Daryl said about the police, you know, folks are kind of leery about uh, you know, with, with the climate of our country. And I know that one of the things that you were very strong and very big on, your company, uh, building trust through accountability. So can we talk a little in detail about that? Sure. So a little bit of my background uh, before moving to Ohio, I, I spent 15 years in the military. Um, in that time, uh, five deployments, uh, two peacekeeping, um, three uh, combat. So Afghanistan and Iraq twice. And 
some of the things that uh, I hear police officers say uh, or some of the actions um, that they, they do, uh, I, I can't accept. Uh, for a police officer to say, oh, you know, I was scared. Um, you don't know what it's like to be out here every day. Well, I actually do uh, know what it's like to be out there. And, and if you're scared, I, I do not believe that's a place for you. Um, when, when we're typically scared, you make rash decisions and often those, those decisions weren't correct. So in, in the military, if, if you shoot someone that's unarmed, uh, you will be held accountable for it. Right, and, and, and like you said, and then thinking about, um, we've heard them recently, um, where the officer, uh, taser, she's yelling taser, 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 and then she pulls out her gun. That's unacceptable. I mean, taser, you know, and so you're, you're, you're trained to serve. Like you said, enough, the officer is saying, oh, I was scared, but this is a position that you're hired to do, to protect and serve. So sometimes I'm like, eh, you know, so then speak to someone listening right now that may be kind of leery. They may be interested in Titan Elite Security Services learning more about your company, but they're kind of, eh, I don't know, because of the climate. Yeah, so the, the one thing we do, um, for instance, on a website, our, our security consultants are free. Uh, we want to sit down with the client, um, first see what their needs are, and then let them know the service that we provide. Uh, that, that communication piece, often when there's an incident with an officer, uh, that officer gets suspended with pay, uh, and we don't hear about it in, until who knows when. Um, but I, I think we have a duty uh, to, to be transparent uh, with, with our public, and, and not just our clients. Um, our clients have guests uh, into in the areas that uh, we provide service. We have a duty uh, to be transparent. Uh, with, with those uh, people around us. We are speaking with Chris Stroud, the leader of Titan Elite Security. You are listening to Life Hacks Conversations with Geraldine Grace. We will be right back. Welcome back to Life Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace and our, our very special guest, Chris Stroud of Titan Elite Security. So we are talking about uh, the professional security services offered by Titan Elite Security. Now, one of the things that we were talking about before break is trust through accountability. Um, and also, can we talk about what your, your company is doing to educate the public on security? And I know you do something with first aid too. Can we talk? A little about that? Yes, the other part of security that we definitely wanted to get into was the training aspect of it. Um, so we offer uh, first aid classes uh, certified through uh, the Red Cross. Um, so anyone who takes the class is certified in first aid, CPR, and AED for two years. Um, the class is uh, around $100, and then to research is, is $40. Um, we also teach self-defense classes as well. So um, you can either sign up for a class or attend a, a two-hour course on a Saturday. What, what is that class about? When we talk about first aid, 
there there can be I, I think there can be many issues with first aid. Is it just I got a cut on the finger, I got a wound to the arm, I've dislocated my shoulder. Does it include all things of that nature? Uh, the ma majority of the class focuses on the CPR and AED aspect of it. Um, and it's actually, uh, you do an online portion and, and the class portion is two hours. Um, it used to just be an eight hour class portion, but moving it to online uh, allows uh, students to kind of interact at their own pace. So the classroom portion, a lot of time is spent actually doing CPR uh, on, on the dummies. Let me, let me ask you this real quick, because I'm not sure everybody realizes what is the definition of AED? Uh, <laughs> automotive uh, enhanced defibrillator. So what the AED does, if someone is in cardiac arrest, uh, there's two leads, you basically wanna place it on the chest and it's gonna monitor their heart uh, rhythm. Um, if it falls too low, uh, the AED will administer a shock to try to get their heart back on a uh, normal pace. Excuse me. <clears throat> and for, so how long is the, the training for the, um, the first aid training? You said you have a class. You, okay, you, I know you have a class you said on Saturday. That's for something else before the first aid training. And you do some of that online. So what's the total amount of time for the complete first aid? The, the online training could take up to about two hours. Um, actually, so if you were to sign up for the class, um, you get a link to do the online portion. So you can do that at your own pace. You would just have to have it completed before the actual classroom portion. And the classroom portion is two hours long. Okay, and how long does the... When you're certified and you get um, your certificate stating such for uh, first aid, taking the first aid courses, how long are you certified? You're certified for two years. And then, like I said, there's a, there are certi to get recertified, uh, you would just have to attend the class again. Are there any other benefits other than first aid and the CPR? And I, and I took a CPR class like 100 years ago. <laughs> okay, maybe not, not quite that long ago. I'm, and, and tell me if this is true. When you're doing the compressions on the chest, I'm always afraid I'm going to break ribs, especially if it's a kid. So it took me a couple of times to get that part right. What can you recommend for something like that? Because I think we men, you don't want to be the macho masculine man as you're sitting there pumping on the chest. Is there a guide or do you have instructions on how not to all of a sudden put your hands through some person's chest? So actually, if you're doing CPR correctly, you are going to break ribs. Um, right. And I think that's the biggest fear. Um, but when you're talking about someone having a few broke ribs, but continuing to live versus potentially not living, it, it's well worth it. Oh, dude, I, I, I get that. But <laughs> I think when you're in, I guess I'd have to be in the mindset of doing that. But, but seriously, when you're in a class, and it's a dummy, you, you're just, I think you're just afraid. Um, and I guess the biggest part of that is the fear of all of this. And I think that a lot of stuff that you, be, that you talk about and that you go through, fear is a big part of all of this. Well, one of the first things um, we teach in the class is if you're in a situation and you don't feel comfortable responding, you don't have to. Um, and, and you have that sometimes people that are that are capable that are certified 
Um, but, uh, you know, it, that fear kind of whatever the case may be, whether it be a lawsuit, uh, whether it be, you know, potentially a lawsuit, uh, whether it be, like you said, breaking of, of, of ribs or anything like that, uh, they, they choose not to get involved, but, but that's okay uh, as well. And with the, um, the first aid and the compressions, now they do the first aid without the mouth to mouth, correct? They stopped that some years ago, right? Uh, so you're still going to do the rescue breathing. Um, now they actually, whenever you attend a class, we give you a small kit. In that kit, uh, you have a set of gloves, uh, and then you have a mouth guard. Um, so you would uh, lay that over the, the victim uh, or a person in need of treatment um, so that you're not, you know, physically uh, touching their mouth. That has got to be, that's just tough. And I, and I still go back to, I'm, I'm afraid of hurting somebody. This is an interesting business because you have to be careful of not only what's going on, but how your folks react. So, and I think of, I just saw an incident that happened at a restaurant and I don't know what caused it, but there's 40 people in a restaurant which will remain nameless. And, and there's this just giant fight going on. What, if one of your, or I'm gonna say two or three of your guys are in there, how do you number one, break up the fight between the two people while also keeping other people from joining in? Yeah, and, and bars are difficult. Um, you know, typically uh, individuals are in there, they're, they've probably, you know, had a few drinks and, and, and obviously, um, you know, sometimes you make decisions in that state that you may not uh, when, you're, when you haven't had anything to drink. Um, but stopping the, the two individuals uh, that, are, that are engaged in that fight is, is the biggest part of it. Um, when you talk about uh, de-escalating a situation, you want to take the individuals that are escalating that situation and move them from, from, the, from that area. Uh, you know, I, I've seen, uh, a fight where, uh, a customer, uh, was drunk and was headed to the wrong restroom, uh, and another customer stopped them and, and they kind of got into it and it, it, it ended really badly. Um, in that situation, if maybe that was not a customer who stopped him and a staff member who, you know, hadn't been drinking, that that situation could have ended differently. Right, right. Um, thinking about, going back to when you said, you have unarmed security, unarmed security. So with the unarmed security, um, I know they are trained uh, in, in, in martial arts or in forms of martial arts, or how do they, like you know, ask, well, how do they defuse a situation, um, and they are unarmed. So one of the uh, courses they also take is conflict uh, resolution. Um, like I said, we we want to de-escalate that situation before uh, any punches are thrown. Um, you know, move move the instigator, uh, have a conversation. Um, you know, see see what we can correct uh, if. If a fight does break out, 90% um, of fights uh, end up on the ground. 
Um, so in our in our self defense training, we we focus on uh, subduing uh, an individual once they're on the ground. Uh, to to like you know, we don't want to be in there fighting with an individual. If you have a security guard fighting with the customer, right, then other customers get involved, uh, and and the situation can go sideways. So we we want to end that if it gets physical. We we just want to end that as quick as we possibly can. I think this is a funny question. Are most of your guys six six five two forty? Depending on the establishment, um, I I do typically want to hire someone who looks the part. Because I, I uh, my, my thing is this: sometimes, based upon the physical stature of the person, I. You could go to start something. You could start mouthing off at somebody, and all of a sudden, somebody six by six walks over, and you shut your mouth because <laughs> I, I don't want the six by six guy doing anything. But then you have a guy like eh, Michael Jai White, I believe five nine. He's built, but I would think fully clothed. He's not that impressive. So you might feel, oh, I'm bigger than this guy. I can take him on. How how do you? When you interview your guys, what are you looking for? So, like I said, in some accounts, I am. I one of my guards is uh, six six, uh, and he's probably close to two seventy. Um, <sighs> so, uh, I'm I'm six foot myself, and and I weigh two twenty. Uh, so, individuals typically see me and, and say I'm a pretty big guy. Um, if I'm putting someone in a in a, in a account where there's alcohol involved. I don't want them to be any smaller than me. Um, but I think it's more to that. Uh, one, my, uh, the gentleman you're talking about, um, he's, he's a, he's a physical specimen. So yeah, he is. I, yes, he is. <laughs> um, but, um, I think it's also that professional look. Um, there's been plenty of times I've kind of went into places and I've seen the security they had in there and they're in joggers um, or their shirt is untucked and, and they're just things that I'm looking at. And I'm like, you know, like one, if something did happen, I, I do not believe this person would intervene. Um, I have account managers. We are constantly checking uh, on our team to make sure they are in uniform, uh, that they are at their post, uh, you know, if, if you may be a bigger guy and sitting down in, in a chair, uh, but if at this now that individual standing up, uh, like you said, at that point, you, you may say, let me, let me, uh, you know, step back for a second. Right. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's more, the size is definitely a factor, um, but there, there are other factors as well. Now, Chris, can you give us an example of a time when uh, there was something that was escalating. You know, you were doing this, this physical security, um, and where you were unarmed, or your one of your guy, one of your guys was unarmed, one of your team members was unarmed, but it seemed like it may have required, uh, or it may escalate to needing to use, uh, I guess, to be armed versus unarmed. Uh, yeah. Um, so one of, one of the accounts I have, it's, they don't allow firearms in a building. Um, they said they, they sell alcohol. They don't allow firearms in a building, 
but we're not checking anyone when they enter. Uh, so for me, uh, I, I worry about that account um, because my guard is unarmed at the same time. Uh, that's what the client requested. Uh, but if there is ever an altercation um, that, that escalates that level and someone does have a firearm, then, then it it's going to be all bad on our end. Um, right. I, I kind of hope that day never comes. Uh, and, and I'm sorry. No, Chris, please, please continue. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I, I actually do want to kind of sit down with that customer and say, because I understand that, and there's one thing, typically armed security, when you have armed security, that firearm is, is visible. Um, so sometimes I want to sit down with this customer and say, hey, listen, you know, I, I know you don't want armed here, but can my, can my guard be armed, um, but just carry it concealed? Uh, right, because you see, I mean, you see it all the time. People want to take the law into their own hands or they feel like, and especially if alcohol is involved and they have their firearm and they're a customer and they are just out and then they, be, they have this courage because they have this, uh, this gun, this weapon, and they feel that they can say and they're invincible and they can say and do and they don't care about security. So then now you and your team, you know, are in harm's way. So how how would that how would that something like that be handled if you encountered that? Well, so if it in the same aspect in this uh, where I have my unarmed officer, um, they don't allow firearms in the building. If any any situation, even if if I were to be notified that they have customers in there that have firearms, then I, I would go back to that client and say, hey, listen, we can do one of two things. We can pat these individuals down at the door. Um, well, actually, I would say one of three things. We can pat them down at the door. Uh, I, my security guard can be armed or uh, we, we can part ways um, because I am not going to, um, I, I can't allow myself to, to put my, my, my teammates in harm's way. Uh, you know, and ultimately, like I said, we don't, if someone is armed, us being armed isn't really a deterrent for them. Um, so like I said, I, I can understand why the client uh, feels the way he feels, but I, I can't, I can't have my guards out there in, in a situation that's not beneficial for them to, to go home to their families. Right. Because in that, that, because it becomes a judgment call, you know, in, in, in a split second, you know, and, and you're, you doing what you're doing. Um, wow. This is interesting. Uh, we are speaking with Christopher Stroud, uh, the founder of President Titan Elite Security. Right back on Life Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace. Welcome back to Life Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace. We are speaking with Chris Stroud of Titan Elite Security. Now we've been talking about you know professional security services offered. Uh, the unarmed versus the armed. And I want to talk about the mobile patrol. I was on your website, titanelitesecurity.com. So I was checking it out, talking and uh, looking at your services offered. Uh, tell us more about the mobile patrol. Yeah, so our mobile patrol, we actually um, use in several different ways. Um, we do have uh, accounts where you may have a, a unarmed guard or even an armed guard who is on site uh, while maybe your location is open, 
uh, but then during hours where you're not open, um, you just want that presence. Um, so the mobile patrol can be used that way. Um, some, uh, we have a, an account where they have several different parking lots um, that are typically, uh, you know, used throughout the night uh, when, when individuals are going out on the weekends and things. So um, we patrol those parking lots as well. Uh, and then um, in uh, our alarm response package as well. So, um, we, which we currently don't have, but we're, we're trying to get into uh, the alarm installations uh, in, in the residentials. And if your alarm goes off, instead of the police showing up, uh, we would show up. Um, we've talked about security and, and establishments. You've talked about your mobile patrol. You've just mentioned your, your armed and unarmed um, situations. A couple of other things that you offer, talk about your private investigation and your personal defense training, which somebody on this conversation right now might be interested in, even though I'm 60 plus. <laughs> so I, I'll start with that. Our personal defense training are as ages five and up. Uh, so 60 plus, uh, not a problem at all. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we have, uh, so actually, if you sign up for the actual class, um, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and we have them from 5.30 to 6.30 and then 6.30 to 7.30, so two separate classes. Uh, Monday is typically a warm-up day. Uh, we'll get in there, do some workouts, uh, hit the bag, get the blood flowing, and then Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays uh, we're, we're going over techniques uh, and, and things like that. Uh, then we have um, just classes on Saturday, uh, we'll typically put those on the website, um, you know, promote them on social media. Uh, once we get 20 members, we go ahead and, and uh, cap that. Uh, and, and they're typically, those will be, uh, you know, focused on, on, a, on a specific group. And do you get, Chris, do you get companies and businesses, organizations that want to hire your firm to do the defense training for their staff? So they may have a staff, or may have a group, like you said, of 20, 25. So do you find that they uh, call you for those services? And, and do you go there to them or do they come to you? Yeah, so we, if they have a big enough area, uh, we can go there. Um, it's probably a little easier if you come to us. Uh, we have, like I said, we have the punching bags there. Uh, just the equipment, some of that stuff, it's a little hard to move. Um, kind of on that same note, um, with the with the Red Cross first aid AED CPR training, uh, we do have group rates um, for any company wanting to get their employees certified, uh, and and it, it we absolutely will go to them as well. Okay, this is interesting. Private investigation. There are many times in today's in the world where we might find some shady people in our lives. How do we, hmm, how shall I say? You want someone investigated, but you want to do it kind of stealthily. How do you, how do you handle that? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to guess that some of this might be spousal type of things where the spouse wants to investigate the other spouse because they think party B is doing something that they should touchy situation uh, how are you handling that so i i've definitely had those phone calls um <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And ultimately, uh, anything we do, I, I want to have a conversation first. Um, most times I get those phone calls. Um, one of the first questions I, I, I ask is, why are you gathering this information? Uh, typically, uh, anything that we can provide won't help you um, in, in a court of law, for instance, in, in a divorce situation. Okay. Uh, individuals trying to prove that their, their spouse is cheating. Uh, that, that's a very hard thing to do. Uh, we can have photos of your, your significant other walking into a hotel room with someone else, and it means absolutely nothing in a court right. of law. Right. Uh, so what, what are you looking to, to get this information for is the first question I ask. Um, but the private investigations, it, it isn't just following some around or those things, um, but it's also background checks. Um, so, um, you know, maybe you're looking to hire someone. Uh, we can run a background check on them, criminal, uh, motor vehicle. Uh, one of the things you talked about looking into someone discreetly, uh, we have a, a social media search. Uh, so we can basically kind of scan across uh, someone's social media platforms to see if there's maybe anything in there uh, that someone may be looking for. And then also, I would imagine, like you said, for the background checks, you uh, uh, probably work with companies, um, property management companies that are looking to rent um, and they want to do background checks or screens for their prospective residents. So I would imagine that you do that as well. And then there's a charge individually for, or if they do, maybe they want to do so many people, then you have a, a, a group rate or something like that. And then they just charge that, uh, pass that along to the uh, potential resident. Yeah, so, um, and, and like I said, there are actually so many things we can search. Um, they, they all kind of have a different price point. So it, it would be way too much information to put on a website. Um, anyone looking for those services, I would just ask that they, they contact us via email uh, and we could kind of go over uh, all of those things. And the Chris. email again, Chris? Repeat. What was that, Grace? What was your email again? Uh, info at TitanEliteSecurity.com. Chris, with all this stuff you got going on, just under the security heading, when do you have time to do anything else? <laughs> um so funny story um that that is obvious i i kind of hear that all the time hey you guys do so much um i actually work a full-time uh and i would say 40-hour job but I, i'm a salaried employee so most weeks it's closer to 50 hours um i, I have a great support system in my wife uh she she is uh invested in, in this company as well. Um, and, and ultimately, I feel like to be successful, you have to surround yourself with the right people. Well, you must have the right people because if you're doing background checks, investigations, security, how do you, you got to divide up your day, you got to divide up your time, you can't necessarily plan anything because something may come up. And you gotta, you gotta get out the house real quick to go and, and no pun intended, investigate that. <laughs> that's gotta that's gotta tax your lifestyle and don't get me wrong what you what you're doing from a, the security standpoint is tremendously interesting but I'm, I'm always going to go especially in today's world you need to have time for yourself 
And so how are you handling that? So I, um, and, and I, I talk about my, my wife often whenever I'm, um, my wife is the one, uh, she's, she's texting me, Hey, when are you coming home? Uh, so she is my balance without her. Um, for me, there would be no work-life balance. It, it wouldn't be a real thing. Um, and we also have a lot of, uh, part-time employees, um, who, and those individuals who have been in the industry for a long time, um, they actually handle a lot of the investigations. Okay. And okay. So then speaking of your wife, when you are not working your full-time job or your company, when you have off days, <laughs> when you do have time for yourself, what do you you like to do what do you and your family like to do or what do you enjoy doing during your uh, your downtime um so i would say we're, we're kind of boring um me and my wife we we have uh some tv shows we watch um she may start watching a tv show i might get involved and then if she watches some episodes without me uh I, my feelings are hurt <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, uh, so she got you up, right? <laughs> well, she she it happened this weekend, and she said I should have never let you start watching this with me. Uh, so, um, but whenever the whenever we're with the kids, um, we're actually we're very competitive. Um, Monopoly uh, gets real serious in in, in our home. Uh, so, mm -hmm. but I mean, we 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 just we. I'm with one. <laughs> no, I said do not pass go go directly to jail. <laughs> Yeah. It's, so, uh, so you're competitive. You've got this, you've got that. And you watch a lot of TV. Give me a favorite show. You knew it was coming. Give me a favorite <laughs> show or favorite style or favorite movie that you watch. Cause I can't imagine you watching. This is a horrible example, the expendables and trying to figure out stealing ideas from those guys or watching <laughs> a James Bond movie to figure out ways to investigate things or maybe yeah. NCIS or something like that. What are you, what are you watching? I, uh, I, I hate to say it, um, but I am a, a, a romantic comedy kind of guy. Um, when I'm watching TV, I, I want to get away from it all. Uh, when I was in the military, I hated watching movies uh, about the military. Uh, you know, that I, I don't, when I'm, when I'm in that zone, I want to be in that zone. I don't want to be thinking about anything else. I still I to, oh, I'm sorry, dear. Go ahead. I, I still didn't hear an example. Give me a romantic comedy that it's a Saturday. You got nothing to do. The work's quiet. You're sitting home with the wife and you're going and something comes on the TV that you cannot turn off. What is it? Uh, was it two weekends ago? Adam Sandler. Um, Jennifer Anderson. Oh, uh, yeah. He's just go with it or something. Something like uh, that. He's not married. He meets somebody and he wants to. Yeah. Be he pretends yeah. he's married to something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We was literally just literally two weekends ago. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the equalizer is not one of your favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love the equalizer too, I just, right? I, I just sneak that in there. <laughs> Right, but but Chris, like you said, Daryl, you said I would imagine, like you said, when you're you're downtime, like you said, because you, when you served in the military and then all of this security stuff. So when you're downtime, you have downtime. I would imagine, like you said, it's something so far 
from that, like you said, the romantic comedy, you know, something that's lighthearted, something that's fun and funny, you know, that makes you laugh, you know, and it's not too heavy, not too serious. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and before we go to break, I want to get your thoughts on this. You, you mentioned your age, and I'm not going to tell people what it is again. I leave that up to you. <laughs> um, there are other people out there that might be interested in, in getting involved in what you do. What do you recommend for them to start their journey into security? So it was uh, actually a long path for me. Um, I uh, incorporated right when we, I don't want to say came out of COVID because this, you know, this thing is here to stay. Right. Um, but uh, trying to get licensed through the state um, would typically take about 30 days. It took me about six months. Um, you know, there, there's, and, and it's not an easy industry to get into the, like I stated earlier, the reason I got into the industry was the, the lack of professionalism. Um, but these companies that, you know, I will not name, right. Uh, are paying their guards $11 an hour, $12 an hour. Um, it's hard to compete with them, uh, when you're trying to secure accounts. Um, but, uh, and, and, I have to stand by uh, the quality, uh, the accountability, the training, and all of those things. I, I, I will not pay my guard, uh, you know, less than thirteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are times where I lose out, but that's okay. I was right. going to say, is there has there ever been an opportunity where you've turned people down? Well, like I said, I, I think in, in a lot of the private investigations, I, I talk myself out of it. You know, I, I say, hey, you know, during that conversation, uh, I've probably lost about five or six clients. Uh, one of them, I wish I hadn't. Uh, I, I, you know, he spent uh, a significant amount of money with another firm. Um, but like, I, I don't want to. I don't want you to pay me a lot of money and, and I go out there and, and I get, can't get you anything that helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in the investigation side, there's been plenty of times where I've talked myself uh, out of a client. Nice. You are listening. But I would absolutely turn down a, a security if it wasn't the best situation. Cool. All right. You are listening to LifeX Conversations with Daryl and Grace. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here in a minute with our guest, the head of Titan Elite Security, Chris Stroud. Life Hacks will be right back. Welcome back to Life Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace and our very special guest, Chris Stroud from Titan Elite Security. Um, TitanEliteSecurity.com is the website. You can get more information about Titan Elite Security, the services offered. Chris, how do you procure accounts? How do you get, how do you secure accounts for your firm? I would imagine it's word of mouth too, but when you are out promoting your firm and to get business and to draw business, how do you do that? What's the best way to do that? Uh, I found for me, um, getting in front of the customer um, is when I'm most successful. Um, You know, I I, I believe what I believe um, and you know, I. Most people say I'm a very genuine person. Um, I feel like if, if I have the opportunity to sit down with a customer and, and kind of talk about the service we provide, um, you know, why uh, I decided to, to get in this industry, um, 
I, I feel like that that typically helps. Um, in accounts where maybe I just send over a proposal, uh, and and I'm up against other uh, uh, companies, I typically don't get those accounts. Are you tough on yourself when it comes to this stuff? I mean, because you've got to have a thick skin to deal with the people you deal with, to deal with the accounts that you deal with, and to deal with the information that you get. You you are in a precarious place yourself and your company. What, what do you do with that? You and sometimes you got to say no, and sometimes you got to say yes. But it, I think it's got to be difficult for you. Yeah. Well, I would say. Um, I've always been, uh, you know, a, a critic of myself. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I have to keep moving forward. Um, whenever mm. I, I don't, you know, get an account, uh, I try to reflect, you know, uh, what could I have done better? Um, you know, not, not lowering my price, my price point. Um, like this is the service, uh, the, the latest account I didn't get, I, I don't think the proposal was the best. So I, I kind of went back uh, and, uh, and and looked at that proposal and, uh, and I'm looking on kind of changing uh, a few things in there. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not going to we're not going to get every account. Um, ultimately, the, the one thing I, I do realize is my company can only grow so big. Um, I don't want to water it down. I don't want to I'll be at capacity eventually. I'll, I'll have officers um, who do the job and uh, it'll be hard to kind of bring other individuals on. And at that point, I, I won't be able to take on any more accounts. I'm not going to hire someone and just put them in place uh, to, to get a check from a, from a client. Right. And then that can vary from service to service all you offer too. Because you may have like for private security, um, you may be to capacity but then some of the other services, you may still have uh, availability for that, for those services. So I guess it just depends, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could, uh, if you could give us a thought, leave, if you could give our listeners something to think about uh, right now, uh, Chris, what would that be? Well, we talked early in the show uh, about what security was. Um, Security is, is, I think, for the most part, a presence. 99% um, of the time, uh, you have a, a security officer and you're, you're paying for someone to stand there. <laughs> uh, that's what it feels like. Uh, but that 1% of the time uh, where, where they have to get involved, uh, you know, to protect you, your customers, your asset, uh, whatever it is, um, it, it's worth it. Uh, I was you know what? I have a question. I'm sorry. Pop into my head. So, if you have like a, someone you're going to do for the private security, and they're traveling, so then you incorporate the travel expenses and everything else that's needed for someone that may need security that to travel with them, you know, to another city, to another state, or something like that. So then you put together uh, a a proposal, a package for that potential client. Yeah, in, in those situations, we have an hourly rate plus expenses. Um, so, you know, if it requires travel, uh, you know, overnight stay and, and things like that, um, we would we would say, here's your hourly rate. And then at the end, uh, we would say, and here are the expenses. This is a, a, a very interesting conversation. And, and I want to kind of, as we get toward closing, 
I'm sure there are many people out there who are reluctant to get security, whether they be a business, a home, whether they need investigations, whether they need background checks. If I am one of those people, Chris, tell me how you can help me. Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, I believe most businesses need security. And, and like I stated earlier, 99% of the time, you don't need that security. What happens that 1% that you do? And even other situations, maybe it, in reality, like I said, at the accounts I'm at, 99% of the time, you don't need security. And I think part of that is because you actually have security. Sometimes just that maybe it's 90%, but that present takes it to 90, 99%. But there's still that 1% of the time. It, as much as the police officers do and, and do, don't do the right things, you, there's still a time where you're, you're going to have to call the police and, and, and you need them to be there. Chris, I, I'm, I'm Grace, before I go, before we go, Grace, you have any last comments? Uh, well, I know we have to wrap it up, but I just want to ask Chris, what sets him apart? What sets your uh, company apart, Titan Elite Services, from the other security companies? Why should they choose you, your company, instead of the next one? Do we have time to answer that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you have guards have to be properly trained, properly equipped, alert, um, and, and ready to take action. I do not believe these other companies are hiring individuals for those reasons. They are hiring these individuals so that you can pay them whatever that bill rate is. Uh, we believe in continue. All of my guards are are first aid certified. All of my patrol vehicles have uh, first aid kits, AEDs, uh, lockout kits, jumper cables, uh, just things to to help anyone in any situation. Uh, proper training, proper equipment, and hire the right people. Uh, those are the things that that clients deserve. Okay. All right. Chris Stroud, I want to thank you for uh, sitting with us tonight and giving us some information on security. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, I am Daryl Scott. I have learned things tonight about security. Uh, Chris, I might call you, but it'll be about grace, but don't, but don't. We'll keep that between <laughs> you and I. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so once again, for Grace Roberts, I'm Daryl Scott. We want to thank you for listening to Life Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace. Take care. Five Hacks Conversations with Daryl and Grace. Grace, Grace.